Blue Shirts fans. And Madison Street Maniacs. Welcome back to the Worst Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Breezy, with my co-host, Nick. Nick, say hi. It's too early. It's very much too early. And it is super early. I woke. I literally woke up at 7 o'clock on the nose. I know. I was like, are we doing this at 7 or 7.30? I'm sitting around <laughs> waiting. And I'm like, you're like, I don't know, man. You, it's okay. No, Whatever. for real. Because like, cause sometimes we'll start at 7. Sometimes we'll start at 7.30. But it doesn't it doesn't matter because every time we say like, oh, hey, we're going to start at seven. We start at like seven fifteen or it's like, hey, we're going to start at seven thirty. OK, we're going to start at eight. Like, never I like finished. the idea. I like the concept of starting at seven. But I also kind of like to roll in here at seven oh eight and be like, hey, what's up, dog? And then like a virtual dap you. And then we just kind of ease into it. You know, this is this is the joys of doing this for ourselves. There is really no schedule. We just tell each other like, hey. You know, I got this going on at this time, so can we start as close to seven as possible? Like, <laughs> sure, I haven't eaten in three days, and we have to go shopping. I have to be an adult, so yeah. If we like, don't finish, I ha- I won't eat. <laughs> like our son, like my son has a dentist appointment this morning, Ooh. so I'm just like, okay, you know, g- can't lollygag like we usually do. <laughs> sure. Um. Well, then let's just get right into the meat of what this is all going to be. Today is going to be our mid-season breakdown of the New York Rangers and the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, I know I got a lot to say, but I think I'm going to give it over to you. Let's just let's talk about the vibes. Let's first let's talk about the vibes where we are right now, and then we'll work backwards from that. So, what do you what are you feeling about the Hawks right now? Like shit. I mean, they're fucking fourteen thirty and two. Halfway through the season, um, we got a touch tough stretch on the West Coast coming up for these this next week with uh, playing Vancouver on Monday. Then we got Seattle on Wednesday, Thursday we have Edmonton, and then Saturday the twenty seventh, which is the last game before the All Star break um, against Calgary. Like it's gonna be it's that that is gonna be a super rough stretch because you know how well Vancouver's been playing. Um, Seattle just had an eight game winning streak come to come to end, I think, on Tuesday or Tuesday or Wednesday or something like that. But this this week, their their win streak ended. I mean, Edmonton is Edmonton. They've had our number all fucking we are all all year. Um, and then Calgary is, is is a halfway decent team. I think we're winning the season series uh, one nothing so far. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see. How that plays out, I like I like the West Coast trips because it they always um always kind of like a good gauge just to see where we're at. Um uh, anytime that there's like a long stretch that's over on the West Coast, whether it be um you know, Vancouver, Seattle, Edmonton, or Calgary, or San Jose, the Ducks, the Kings, the Coyotes, the Knights. Um so you know, this would be a little fun fun week to watch and just see, you know, slowly we're having having our boys come back. You know, last night we played the Islanders. Uh, Seth Jones had his first goal of the year, and uh, it turns out to be the difference in the overtime. So that was really fucking fun to watch. And he even said in, like, a post-game presser that he's like, I didn't even know that shot went in. <laughs> like, it just... Just threw it at the net, and I want to say, like, when I watch the, uh, excuse me, when I watch the, um, the replay of it from like the goalie cam, um, it looked like, and I can't remember his name, um, I think it was uh, Dobson, I think, for the Islanders. He yeah, like probably. Screened, huh? It could have been. He like screened Sorokin. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it, it was just it was just Seth Jones throwing it at net. And and nice, and so it was a nice little overtime win. Um, coming off of a weird week because we were supposed to play the the Hawks were supposed to play Buffalo on the seventeenth, but it got postponed because of that awful snowstorm. And so either way was going to be a back to back. I guess I guess you could say it was either because they play because the Hawks played uh, San Jose, and then immediately after the next day we're supposed to play Buffalo. Then a day off and then play New York, but instead they played San Jose one in a shootout, which I don't know. Did you watch that game at all? No, I, I didn't. See, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to watch more games, and no, it's, it's, especially Chicago, but that's the one I miss. 
and that's the one I went to a fucking shootout. So I had to watch the highlights on YouTube. Dude, it was a it was the most boring tank bowl ever. And it was <laughs> that's the best way I can explain it. It was it was so fucking boring that, you know, and props to Morassic for standing on his fucking head, dude. Um But yeah, it was one one through the basically the entire game. Overtime was fucking bleh. And then uh went to a fucking shootout and it was just like fucking nine rounds of hell and i <laughs> it was awful dude but ended up coming out with the win and then had a nice little three game losing streak before that following a uh win against calgary and then a five game losing streak so it was it was it's been a rough it's been a rough january for the boys um let me say before I forget, my favorite memes on Instagram are the ones where the Rangers put up like, your poverty franchise just lost Artemi Panarin, your poverty uh, franchise lost to Vinny Trocek, you know, shit like that. Yeah. My favorite meme of the week was the the Sharks thinking this possibly they can't possibly have a more embarrassing moment in this season, and it's losing to the Blackhawks without Bedard, and it's Bedard skating on the ice, just like, <laughs> what's up? It's, so it was that was a Bedard, good one. Uh, the Bedard goal in Chicago where he did the, like the Michael Jordan shrug, (laughs) which is the coldest selling in hockey. Okay. You got the, you got the sheathing, the stick, right? You got the Artemi Panarin high kick. You got the, like punch this punch the air. Let's fucking go. And then at the top of all that is the Michael Jordan. Like, I guess I scored no big deal with with the honorable mention of the Patrick Kane heartbreaker. Selly. That was a good one. That Dude, was a good that one. one in the 2013, uh, I think it was 13, Stanley or uh, Western Conference Finals against the Kings, and Kane in Game Seven, Six. I can't fucking remember. Um, had a hat trick, and his last goal was in overtime, and that's what sent the Hawks to the Stanley Cup against Boston. And had a hat trick and then hit the fucking uh, Heartbreaker Selly right after. <laughs> and then honorable mention one, one last time is the Trevor Zegers uh, throw the twig into the, the benches or the, the seats. Oh, like, shit, just, yeah. Just score and then just chuck your twig over the glass and just fucking. <laughs> that, that was pretty. That was I don't need this shit anymore. <laughs> and the equipment, equipment guy's like, no, what are you doing? <laughs> it's okay. He's got a stick allowance. It's fine. But yeah, like this, like. I'm going to be honest with you like this this year would have probably been a hell of a lot different if we didn't have half of our salary cap sitting on sitting on the fucking injured reserve right now. And you know, I'll say that till I'm fucking blue in the face to like any any hockey fan who's just like ha ha Hawks suck and I'm like, "Yeah, but like nine of our fucking eight of our like best fucking players are sitting on the fucking injured reserve right now and we just threw the indie fuel on the ice against nhl caliber teams yeah it's not like go ahead i'm sorry but having this is just you can continue what you're saying don't forget but it's not like having six of your best players out means you're gonna lose the game trust me i just found that out two days ago (laughs) and i'll I'll get into that in a minute but um it's it's this year has surprised me in so many ways and uh, like ch- what Chicago is doing, what other teams are doing, and um, it's just finish your thought. I don't want to get into mine right this second. Okay, yeah, thanks. I appreciate that because you can, you're going to be talking for like two hours, man. Um, no, like I the one thing the the cool thing that has come out of this absolute rough stretch of a season was like you're seeing a lot of these players who who probably would be in Rockford right now if the entire lineup was healthy, right? So you're like, Colin Blackwell is playing really well. Boris Kachuk is playing unfucking real right now. Jason Dickinson played so well in fucking November that he got a two-year contract extension. Um, you know, Anthony Bavillier, before he got hurt, was playing amazing, you know? And, and of course, you have to talk about Bedard, who's just... I, I keep forgetting he's fucking 18. And... You know, but like the bright side is, is a lot of these games that we lost, I mean, with the exception of like, 
you know, getting blanked by Nashville three nothing, getting blanked by Buffalo eight nothing. But a lot of these games we were in. The problem is, is the Hawks have no finishing power. Like they'll score, they'll score first, and they'll score first often. But the problem is, is that there's no defense. There's no defense, and there's no continued offense to to try to like solidify a win. If that makes any sense, like they'll sit there, they'll score one, two goals, and then. You know, dude, okay. A perfect a perfect example is uh shit. I think it was against New Jersey. It was the back to back after um after playing the Rangers, right? And played New yeah. Jersey and they were I believe they were up two to one or they were I can't remember exactly what it was. They were up two to one and then just lost it went down three to two with, I think like less than a minute left or a minute left or something like that. And then it was an empty net to seal it for New Jersey. And it was like, you were up two different times and you had it tied in the third. Like you got to, you either got to just hold strong and, and, and just take it into overtime or you need to figure out a way to like win these games because there's a lot of points that you left on the board through December and January that you that you know we'd probably be in a way better position in the standings if we just held on tight for it uh, t- held on tight for these wins or something man just something needs to needs to be done in the off season whether it's free agency signings th- to bolster the defense or drafting through you know drafting to get uh, some halfway decent defense or just waiting for anyone in the AHL to come up who's ready um you know, again, I, I've, I don't know, I've said this like every fucking week. Like, this is not a season that you want to win games. Like, this doesn't fucking like this season doesn't matter. It's a wash. Just get to the draft type shit. You know, so if you're bottom barrel, that's just gonna work out better for you because you know you want Macklin Celebrini, right? That's fine. But like, if you're kind of if you're putting on the ice like the defensive core that's gonna be like you know riding with you while you rebuild the offense. Like, this is going to be hell for Peter Morazic or Arvid Soderblom or, you know, uh, what's what's his fucking, I can't, or, uh, I can't remember any of the fucking goalies for AHL, and I watch a lot of fucking Rockford games. Or, like, Drew Camesso, right? Like, it's going to be hell for any goalie that that is on, but is playing for the Hawks because there's just nothing, there's no defensive help whatsoever. So... I mean, you know, the, a lot of those rough stretches, like, yeah, they, they were still in the games. You know, a lot of 2-1 to one losses, a lot of 3-2 losses, like, whatever, right? You got a lot of those. But the problem is, is you have zero stopping power. And then you also don't, like, it's just like the, they'll score one goal, and that's it. Like, throughout January, they've scored less than, they've scored one goal or less, four out of, like, what, the fucking 10 games that they had in January? Like that's not that's not good. Like your your goals your goals per game is like less than two, and you know it's just it's super rough to see right now. But then you know I also have to take into consideration that a lot of the goal scorers are sitting out right now, nursing a shit ton of injuries. However, there is a shining, um, kind of like a shining moment is that Connor Bedard, who's been less than two weeks out of fucking uh, jaw surgery, is skating now. And is on the ice in full uniform with a no contact jersey. Um, kid's a fucking freak. That's crazy to me, honestly. Kid's an absolute fucking freak. And when he says that, there is no one that they're like, yeah, man, I like playing football. Like you, you like playing football, but you're not gonna be stepping on the fucking field <laughs> after a fucking injury like that, especially when you need surgery less than a week later. You know what I mean? Like that kid's a fucking workhorse. Like I'm so happy that he's wearing a Blackhawk sweater and I hope that they line him. I hope that they lock him in for like 12 years, $2 billion. Like I don't give a shit. Give him a blank check. Ask him how much he wants. But Fair. you know, I'll, I'll end, I'll end the Hawks misery in January on this note. It's not meant to win games. Like this season is not meant to win games. Help your fucking defense. And please, for the love of God, score more than three fucking goals. Now, so if there's if there's one thing that I'm like very excited to talk about today, um, Breezy, I know that you, for one, you have a lot to say about you know the vibey vibes of the New York Rangers, especially as of late. 
But there's one thing that I really want to get into because you made me get into it when the Hawks came to town to play the Golden Knights. You went and saw the Rangers play the Golden Knights here in Vegas. Please, and break it down with as much excruciating detail as you possibly can. Because I love it. I want to know if you talk shit. I want to know if someone talks shit to you. Obviously, I didn't have to go bail you out of jail. So if they did talk shit to you, it wasn't nearly as bad as it could have been. So, dude, break it down. Like, how was it? Obviously, I know it's not the the end result that you wanted. But, the, but how was it, man? So, honestly, I mean, it's no surprise that we lost and that it's not a good feeling right but honestly i i'm not even mad i'm really not even mad right because my father-in-law is a director for land development he he got us these tickets from a trade partner now these were free tickets i didn't pay a single dollar for them we sat in the VIP ring, so there's the like glass for the arena, then there's the rows that come up, and then when they make that first shift to the upper ring, before that ring is a, is a space below that where it's VIP seats. And I'm talking, these are like box seats with like um, office computer chairs, basically, that's, that you move around so much fucking room. They have little monitors on the counter where you can see the game on ice. So, like, if you see it, there's, like, a penalty or whatever, whatever, you don't have to, like, look up to the Jumbotron. You look down and you can see everything right there, you know? Yeah, we get it. You didn't have to sit with the peasants. It was, it was, it was fantastic. Let me, let me tell you, it was fantastic. We lost, yeah, but, again... So there's two different types of in this VIP sometimes they have like the eating vouchers and you can eat and drink all night for free, right? So we didn't have those this time because these tickets were got by, you know, we weren't going to complain cuz they're free. Well, the guy we saw last year who is um a trade partner to the owner of the guy who got us the seats last year or he's a he's an equal partner to the company or something along the sort. He's a, he's a big wig. He saw us last year, and we were bullshitting with each other. Very nice guy, Golden Knights fan, giving each other shit, right? This year he saw us, and when the drink lady came down, said, "Hey, um, get them all," which was my wife, me, my father-in-law, and my brother. Which is his birthday was on the 16th of this month. He's also a Rangers fan. He said, "Hey, also, uh, I'm sorry, real quick. I want to point this out. You are awful at keeping secrets." Yeah. <clears throat> So we were. It was supposed to be a surprise. Quick side note: supposed to be a surprise. Nick facetimes me when I'm on the way to the game. He's like, "What are you doing?" I said, "Dude, I'm going to the game." He goes, "No way." I'm like, "Yeah, I thought I told you at that point, but I guess I didn't." No, you but did not tell me shit. He's like, he's like, he's like, "Well, shit." I was like, "Yeah, dude, we're going to the fucking game. We got the VIP seats from last year." My brother's in the back. The whole point was we were keeping this a secret because we told him that we got like shitty seats. And he's like, what? <laughs> so I fucking ruined that on the way there. But um, so he basically, the, that trade partner guy that I knew from last year um, basically said, hey, upgrade them to full buffet. I'm paying for it on my tab. And I was like, wow, that was really, really nice. Um, it, it, he was a cool dude. He was giving a shit. Um, like, he's like, yeah, you know, two down. I was like, ah, well, you know, you never know. And then at the end of the game, I was like, uh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> you know, he's like, hey, you can't win them all. Right. And he wasn't being a dickhead about it. He was very, very, I mean, look, it's sports. We're supposed to give each other shit, especially sure. if you're at the game. You got to sure. haze each other. Talking shit is like, <clears throat> is, is a cardinal rule yeah. of being a sports fan. Yeah. It, it's all about the way you do it. It's all about the intent of it. Right. I mean, if it, talking shit from a stranger just to be a, a cunt rag. Again, not a fan of that. Usually when you're in T-Mobile at the fucking Fortress, there are a bunch of jerk-offs. And even one row down from me, there was a jerk-off that I did not like. But um, again, he wasn't even in my seats. So he wasn't even in my area. I was like, you know, not a big deal. I went out of mind. <clears throat> exactly. I went to the game in a Jacob Truba Rangers third sweater with the C. It was awesome. I felt great. There were a lot of blue in Vegas. There always is a lot of blue there. Um, I saw a little uh, highlights of this game. I saw a little boy with a uh, a Gretzky sweater. I thought that was cute. 
I saw uh, an That's OG. That's an OG in the making right there. Yeah, I saw an OG in a grave sweater just in the distance. Didn't get a chance to, to talk to him. That's I the did, hockey ghost. Yep, I did not get certified. I did not get certified. I, I, it pains me to say that I did not get certified this game. Um, but there's always next year. There's always <laughs> next year. Um, it's like your mission. So I'm sorry, real quick. And I, I, I hate to cut you off. I really apologize. But Breezy and I had a long discussion. I think it was like last week about the importance of the hockey OG ghosts. And if you have the the privilege to be acknowledged by a hockey OG ghost, you basically become a made man in a mafia movie. And it happened to my mom and myself when we went and saw the Golden Knights play the Blackhawks. And it also happened to Breezy's dad the last time the Rangers and uh, Rangers and, and Knights played in Vegas. Um, his dad was blessed by an OG fan in a grave sweater. I was blessed by a, <laughs> a fucking old man who... Would be a stereotypical uh, Chicago like animation with a big old beer belly, a fucking um, gray hoodie underneath his fucking Stan Makita jersey. And then, uh, yeah, so I got blessed by the ghost. My mom got blessed by the ghost. And your dad got blessed by the ghost. Soon, Breezy, it will be your turn. And it's just, it's just um, acknowledgement by the OG, right? An acknowledgement by an OG hockey OG ghost is is like basically saying like, hey, you're certified. I don't know how much pain and and trial and tribulation I can go through as a Rangers fan to get certified. I don't know why I'm not. I don't know how I have to get there. But you know, I guess I'll I'll wait for my time. So um, that that when I get that, it'll be more important than hoisting a cup because I finally <laughs> made it. I'm gonna <laughs> laugh if your son gets made before you do. <laughs> I'm gonna be fucking pissed, bro. I'll be pissed, man. But um, so yeah, the game was a blowout. It's literally the flip of what last year's final was. That's kind of spooky, right? It's going back and oh, forth. Yeah. So technically, if um, if this goes out the way it goes, then next year Rangers win no matter what. So I guess there's that. Um, I will say, um, this entire season, my son is has been in a hockey blanket during every game. He was not in the hockey blanket this this game. I was at home, so I'm thinking that that's the curse why we didn't win this game. Wow! And also, every game that I've been to in my Igor Shesterkin jersey, we've won. I was in a Truba jersey, so um, <clears throat> maybe that's the curse. But all in all, it was a fun it was a fun day. Like I said, you can't be mad when you're seeing live hockey. When you're that close and you can see the players that you watch every single day and they're like in super HD because they're only like, you know, 200 feet away from you. It's a different feeling, right? It's it's almost like it's almost like anxiety, but in a good way, like where you can't breathe. You're like, what the fuck? You know, like you're, you're starstruck that all your favorite guys are on the ice right now, even if they lose. So it was a fun night. I can't. I can't complain about the loss too much because how great everything was. Again, my father-in-law is a is a Knights fan, so he got he got that W, which is good for him. And and I don't want to be salty, especially when you know he was a very good sport last year. So, <clears throat> pivoting off of that though, <laughs> there is some there is something wrong in the New York Rangers organization, and it's not for me to say. Like I'm over exaggerating, or are they're <laughs> they're not okay? So basically, where are you going with this? <laughs> I'm trying to say this without sounding like I'm like upset because we lost a couple games in January. But if you watch Rangers hockey, and I mean you really watch Rangers hockey, right? There's only two. There's only two teams that there's only two ways that the Rangers will play. It's complete offensive defensive dominance. You will not beat this team. This team is unbeatable. They look like how the fuck did this sleeper team get here and we didn't notice it? Or they play like they've never played together before. There is no in between. And the Rangers have a real problem with keeping up with what they did the game before even. You have star players. You have some of the best guys in the league doing what they do. And then you'll have nights where literally none of them show up. And I've never seen it 
I've never seen it from another, you know, top of the barrel team in the NHL to play as aggressively bad as we play. And it's something that I can't I can't wrap my mind around it. I can't understand how a team that is so good depth-wise and prolifically over the last few seasons how they've done some of the things that they've done, how they can play the way that they have been playing. So, last night was a perfect example or that last game against Vegas was a perfect example. They couldn't get anything going. They had the first 10 minutes of the first period was complete Rangers dominance, right? We didn't score anything off of it, which is a problem. Okay, that's fine. And how you're saying that Chicago needs to have like those little those finishers, right? Rangers have no problem keeping up in a game. Rangers have no problem defending. Rangers have no problem scoring. But some nights they do, and when they do, it's all fronts are bad. Igor's letting like soft ones in. The Rangers cannot make a scoring uh, a scoring attempt look good. Like it all looks disconnected. Everything looks like really slow, and then the defense gets beat out. Keandre Miller, if Keandre Miller looks like shit in a night, you're like, what the fuck is going on? It's over. And I can't understand. What what hurts me the most about this entire thing and what hurts me the most about January, because I'm going to get into what January looked like for us, is that all that they did was put fucking thoughts in Drury's head about who's getting fucking traded at the deadline. And we didn't need that. I've been saying this for months. The only t- the, This is the first time that we ever really didn't need to make an acquisition at a, a trade deadline because we had what we needed to go the distance. Now our team's about to get fucking scrambled because we can't figure out this this like this rallying cry because two years ago it was no quit in New York. Now it's like um, show up and dominate or go to sleep early in New York. Like it, it just, I don't know, dude. Um, I, I'm going to get into this last month's schedule, but I mean, I guess I'll leave it up for interpretation for you for a second before I get too crazy. I mean, I don't know, man. I feel like, I feel like it's too soon to be like scoreboard watching kind of like shitty losses in, in January. You know what I mean? And it's kind of exactly like what you said. Like I shouldn't be tripping about losses in January. I mean, you're consistently the entire year been top, what, f- top five in the league? And top top two in the Metro? Yeah, but here's the thing that people forget, right? The reason why we're so high up in the standings, the reason that we're number one in the Metro and top five in the NHL is because we had a blistering start this season and a disgusting, unheard of, actually bested Rangers history start, okay? And we're still riding off the coattails of that. If we didn't have that fucking major bump at the beginning of this year, we'd be floating third, fourth, fifth in the Metro. We had it. That's the part. It's, I just told my dad the other day, we are the fucking Toronto Maple Leafs. We are the Maple Leafs, bro. Where it's, you have some good, great things about your team, but the looming holes that are there need to be addressed. And as a Rangers fan, I can't sit here and act like everything's okay. I cannot sit here and act like everything's okay. You cannot beat Boston. Boston playing their best, okay, especially because it's New York. You cannot beat Boston in the fashion that you do in a tight, no-mistake-made game and then get 5-1 by Vegas, who has six of their main core players out. You can't do that. That's not something that can happen. It doesn't mean you have to win every hockey game, but you can't get 5-1. You can't not show up, right? You can't start, and I'll say this, million times you cannot start igor in a game that you don't want him to win what the fuck did you play him for i don't get that if new if igor shesterkin is the pride and joy of new york if he's the if he's the number one guy if he's the future of our organization if he's the next king right how are you going to put him in a game that you don't want to win that doesn't make sense to me i don't necessarily think it's like you know it's not a game that you don't want to win i just where did you guys play before Vegas? Was it in New York and then flew to Vegas? Um, I think it was at home against the Capitals. Okay. Um, no, it was, it was, it was, um, uh, it was cracking, right? It was cracking before, which we won dominantly. Right. But I don't know, man. And, and I get a lot of shit from this from like hardcore hockey fans who are like, no, I mean, this is your job. You should be on top of your game. Like your your job is to play hockey. It's like, okay, well, there's there's still one, they're still human beings. Okay, you're coming into a completely different climate. You're coming into a completely different elevation. 
um, you know, for one, it's like, you know, Vegas syndrome will hit you at any time. It doesn't matter if it's in winter or if it's in summer. All right. Vegas syndrome will hit you and it'll hit you hard. I believe. And I, I watched like the first two periods of the, the Rangers game and they just looked flat. They looked jet lagged from flying across the United States. They, or I'm sorry for, yeah, well, I guess from Seattle to Vegas would be across it just long ways. <laughs> um, you know, they flew from, you know, Seattle into Vegas, which I guarantee probably had some weather delays because of the weather in Seattle. You know, they're probably fucking exhausted. They probably didn't get to their hotel room. Look, I'm making a bunch of excuses, but like, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into it, man. Like a lot of teams have problems coming into Vegas and playing to the best of their ability, regardless if there's six of their core players out or not. You know, it was just an off night and that shit happens. Now, here's the thing. It's cool. It's good that the that the Rangers had like the massive bump in the beginning of the season that they did in order to kind of propel them to the top of the league and to the top of the Metro and now to be able to sustain it. Now, here's the fun part is you do have the trade deadline coming up. So you need to assess where your holes are, whether it be defense, whether it be offense. It's definitely not your goalie situation. So it's at the end of the day, it's kind of on your defense, right? No, but that's the problem is that there are no fucking holes in this Rangers team. Okay. It's well, just it's certain... obvious there are holes in the yeah, Rangers team. You shut that up and let me months. finish. Excuse there me. Are, there are no holes in this Rangers team. They just create holes on random nights whenever the fuck they feel like it. Again, when all lines are driving, when the team's doing what it does, there's no reason to do anything. It's not like we don't have the guy to step up. We don't have the people to do it. We have that team right now. Capo Caco is back, for Christ's sakes. He's on the top line. He looked good. Not this last game. This team is so hot and cold. I have never seen it this bad from any other team that I've watched. And, of course, I'm dissecting every single game. But here's the thing. The loss to Vegas in that fashion is not a cause to sound the alarm, right? Right. It is a cause to sound the alarm when for the first month, the first time this season, we go on a four-game losing streak. And then two games after we win against the Capitals, we win against Seattle, which Seattle beat Vegas the last time they they seen each other. Seattle was a threat during that eight-game heater. And we beat Seattle dominantly and then lose horribly to a Vegas team that has like six of their main players out. That's why it's a cause for concern because there has to be a rally back point this halfway through the season. The, 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 the goal of making the playoffs is so close for so many teams, especially in the Metro. I get it. If you're tired, I get that you're human. I understand that. But there's a point where you have to say, look, enough is enough, and we have to step up. I'm still waiting for Kreider to really take his step up for the season. I'm still waiting for it to be a Mika month, like Mika March and Mika May, like it was last year, right? I'm still waiting for that. And I can't say that the things that Mika does on the ice are not appreciated, and he's not a 200 IQ hockey player, right? But we're missing that jump from him. That'll take us to the next level. Chris Kreider. Though he will probably have his jersey raised into the rafters because he is a legendary ranger and he's been there for a long time. He's flat-footed. He doesn't finish his checks. He barely skates. You'll see when he puts his most time in and on the ice is when he's in front of the net, parked when doing what he does. But that's not all Kreider did for the last two seasons. That's all he's doing this season. That's fine. I get it. Artemi Panarin went on a crazy, legendary run here, broke the record for most consecutive points from the start of the season to, you know, at like 16 or something, which was awesome, right? And then there's nights where Artemi Panarin cannot make anything happen, and all he does is flim-flam pass to the other team, and we get broken out of our zone. And it's that dramatic. It is that dramatic. Again, Adam Fox, one of the best D-man in the league. People won't argue that. But he makes errors that you're like, that's something that Adam Fox should not do. And it may seem like I'm just throwing a bunch of things out there, but it's watching consistent Rangers hockey every single day. You see the holes. Sure. And the, the only people that looked good that game was like a fourth liner, which was Brodzinski. Um, it was Brodzinski, Will Cooley, and I think they moved Wheeler down with him. And those are the guys that were really really trying. Brodzinski had a lot of shots and and a lot of opportunity because those guys play hard every single night. 
Sure. Because they're like, I got to get a contract. I don't want to go back to the AHL because I'm already here. I'm on Broadway. I want to be down Broadway. And speaking of down fucking Broadway, I have to believe that as much great work as Peter Laviolette did, there has to be a rally point where he sits down with his guys or Jacob Truba sits down with his guys and say, hey, look, we got to figure this out. Because I swear, look, my last little story, and I'll pass it over to you for a minute so I can calm down. <laughs> I'm watching the game, okay? We are on, um, it's the third period now, and we are on the their side. So the Rangers are far away from us, and they keep the, this was, they were uh, up two goals, I think it was. It was like 2-0 or something. and. I forget who gets the puck, um, but they skate around our net and they plant somebody right in the fucking slot, right? And I'm watching this all happen. And I'm like thinking to myself, there's a guy in the fucking slot just being left alone, right? And I'm literally like, hey, the slot. Hey, the slot. Hey, the slot. I'm fucking screaming, the slot, the slot, the fucking slot. What do you know? Puck comes to the guy in the slot. He scores on fucking Igor. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm like, I, I look, I get it, right? I get it that when you're on the ice, you're focusing on a lot more shit. You can't see that, right? But I got to believe that Peter Laviolette sees all these things. If a fucking jerk off like me can be like, he's going to fucking score from the slot if you don't get to him, right? I got to believe that Peter Laviolette sees all this. I got to believe that after a four-game losing streak, Peter Laviolette let these motherfuckers up, right? I got to believe that after going down 2-0 in the first and playing the second period that you played, where like nine times out of ten, usually when you get scored on a bunch in the first, that team goes to sleep and they give you an opportunity to come back, which is exactly what Vegas did. And then Vegas found it again and then went off on us. But we had a prime opportunity in the second period to come back. We had a prime opportunity to rally back, and I did not see the effort. That's the only part that upsets me. We can lose, but I didn't see the effort. You don't fucking get to tell me no quit in New York when you quit in Las Vegas. You don't get to. I'm sorry. Well, they said no quit in New York. They didn't say no quit yeah, in Las that, Vegas. I, I guess I didn't read the fucking fine print. Yeah. You got to read the fine print before you get tattooed on your chin. Um, <laughs> let me ask you. Let me ask you this. Isn't it fun, kind of, in a sense, where you're like, fuck, I just called something that happened? Isn't it funny? No, it's not, honestly, because... (laughs) I'm not saying I know everything about hockey. I'm not saying I'm a fucking hockey wizard, right? That's what it sounds like. I'm sitting here calling it, right? Nine times out of ten, that's a hook. Hook goes up. That's ice. Ice goes up. Like I'm sitting there watching, and I'm like, um, it was a hooking, I think, on Foxy. I was like, yes, power play. Let's fucking go. And then uh, Vegas touches up. They blow the whistle, and they're like, you know, they send him to the box, whoever it was. And then ref comes. He's like, two minutes hooking. Number whatever the fuck, Vegas, two minutes hooking. The pole place goes, oh, my God, that's ridiculous. I'm like, dog, that was 35 seconds ago. Y'all should y'all should have been pissed off about this if you were really upset about it. That was literally 35 seconds ago that I'm saying like you know. So it, again, it's different being at a uh, in a barn like that, right? When again, sure. I try to be an asshole. Most of the people don't really understand what the fuck's going on half the time. I feel like that's why they got to drop a fucking seven foot or sorry, 30 foot tall fucking golden helmet down. They got to have a guy on the ice fighting a dragon. You know, like they got to do all Let this. Let them know where you're at for yeah, a second. Yeah. Like you're at a hockey game. I want you to know that you're watching the Golden Knights play. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're not at a Renaissance fair right now. We are at a <laughs> hockey game, but we may um, be across the street from the Excalibur, but this is not Knights of the Round Table. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, bro. So it's like, yeah, I, I get it. They gets people in who, who are new to hockey or, you know, the kids. I, I love it for the kids. That's that's awesome, bro. But. Honestly, I, I love it for the kids, but I also love it for the adults that have never watched hockey that all of a sudden got into hockey. However, I do not love it for the adults that think that who are who let me rephrase. I love it for the adults that want to learn the game. I do not love it for the adults that don't want to learn the game and are just dick riding the Golden Knights and thinking that they're fucking top shit at all times and have no idea about anything else around them. There's the a there's a there's a humbleness that comes to being a Rangers fan, which I know you know as being a Chicago fan, right? It's like you've been around for so fucking long. Uh-huh. If realistically, 
you guys have had much more success in your franchise in the last 30 years than the Rangers have. I know. And um, you, you sit in there and you see the game get away from you. It's like you're going through seven stages of grief almost, right? Yep. But it's like, first it's like, come on, guys, we have this. Don't worry about it. Then the pain sets in. And then there's the false sense of we could come back. And then there's the numbness that of the realization that you're not coming back. And then the setting in that like where you kind of almost find peace. You're and like then the yeah. second period ends. Yeah. And then you're like, you know what? We're not gonna win this game, but I'm here. And yeah, at that point you're just sitting there, you're like, fuck it, just get a just get a point. Just find a way, get a fucking point, just get a point, get a loser point, I don't care, win the game, doesn't fucking matter. Just find a way to get a fucking point. <laughs> You yeah, I was, <laughs> I was I was past that point and I was like, all right, well, I'll be right back. I'm gonna get a hot dog. <laughs> I was like, let me go get I, a fucking hot dog. I, I, like, I can't. I remember one time the Hawks were they were playing in Vegas and they were down, I think this was like a year or two ago, and they were down five nothing going into the third. And and it was just at that point, because it was at that point it was like when the Knights shut a team out at home, like you got like a free dozen donuts or free six pack of donuts or whatever and so it was like 30 seconds left and i'm sitting there and i'm like just fucking score one just fucking score one goal don't let these assholes go home with free fucking donuts right so i'm like tripping the fuck out i'm like all fucking like fucking with all the knights fans around me and shit and we're sitting lower bowl too by the way so i'm like pissing off all the corporate people and uh and so uh, Patrick Kane, like, just splits the D, gnarly fucking top shelf cookie jar where grandma hides the cookies. And it ends up going 5-1. And I'm screaming like they just won the fucking Stanley Cup. Like, you like I'm looking at other fucking Knights friends. I'm like, you don't get donuts. You don't get donuts. You don't get donuts. And I'm just, like, laughing and pointing and just, like, motherfucking all of the Knights fans around. It's like, yeah, at that point, when you're getting blown out, just find a way to have fun. Like, find a way to have fun with it. Just be like, make it competitive. Score one fucking goal. Do something. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to make it an episode where it's like I'm, I'm saying the season's over because I know that that's not the case. I believe that it's not even close. Like, we have so much time left. but. You know, I, I'm seeing the holes, man. I'm seeing the holes. And unfortunately, I just don't want a repeat of last year. I don't want a team that's a shoe in to make the playoffs that, you know, there's no denying it, and get bounced in round one. Nobody wants that. Somebody has to. A team look, has to lose. I look, get I, that. I, I, look at it, I look at it this way for you, or at least for the Rangers' sake, right? This team that is on the ice right now, in some way, shape, or form, has deep playoff run experience, right? You know, um, correct. Because I think, like, what, like more than more than like eighty percent of that team was on the like a deep. Because you guys went to the conference finals lately, right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, or everyone, round? everyone. We went to the conference finals two seasons ago. Everyone, but in right. our top six, basically went except for Trocheck. Right. Um, okay. But still, we, regardless, as always, you got guys there that have been there and and know what it takes. Um, I've I've said this a million and a half times though. It's like you know whatever happens in the regular season, as long as you get invited to the dance, right? So as long as you get invited to, as long as you get into the playoffs, everything resets. Your stats reset. Your mindset resets. There's a new goal in mind now because your original goal was just like I'm gonna make the playoffs. Like we need to make the playoffs. The goal is the playoffs. The goal is the playoffs. Right? You make the playoffs. Okay. Goal is to raise it. The goal is to raise it. And, you know, you have a you you have a lot of your fucking team and a lot of your your kind of star core that's like we've been here. We know what it takes. And and I got to believe because last year you had Gerard Gallant as your head coach, right? Like this is the first year. Correct. Like, Correct. OK. LaVillette knows knows what it takes. And, and I, I, I believe as a secondary Ranger fan. Like I believe that Lavillette has seen the holes and understand and, and and understand he and he understands what needs to be done to plug the holes. I get it. And 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 I know that he gets it too. And I got to believe that if you're having these issues come March, maybe beginning of April, then it's a little bit more of a time to worry. But you're having these problems right now in January, halfway through an 82 game season. 
I I'm gonna be honest with you, and I know that you know, you think the same, but it's hard to kind of like separate yourself from like a very passionate fan and a realistic fan, right? So like right now is you have to be the realistic fan and understand that like okay, it's just a tough stretch. It's a long season. We're halfway through. It's January. I'm not really a hundred percent worried about it. We got this. It's fine. Realize the holes, plug the holes, and you'll be okay. And it could stem from anywhere from just like, you know, you go up three three nothing, you know, Calgary scores two quick goals. That's on La Violette to call a timeout to slow the pace down. Um it's the same kind of chess match that's in baseball. And and you gotta understand and your your it, it starts and ends with your coaching staff. And it's like when your coaching staff understands that like, okay, hey, some the momentum has like completely flipped. We need to figure this out. I'm gonna call a timeout. Or I'm gonna blend the lines real quick, you know, whatever the case may be on on Lavalette's Lavalette's mindset, right? But if you're I having mean, these, huh? No, go ahead. Good. Okay, I'm sorry. Did the middle of my sentence interrupt the beginning of yours? Yeah. Well, I had something more important to say than you, but I'll let you finish your thoughts so that I can get mine out. No, go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, dude, I was just going to say. I so agree. anyway, like I was saying before, um, fuck you. I was just going to say that I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with everything you just said. But here's the problem, okay? This is why this is a big deal. Again, I might be sending out the signal flare. We need help SOS. But here's the real thing. When you do this, this fucking close to the trade deadline, it makes upper management do stupid shit. And I know that it's a 40-game season right now, and then we got another 40 to play. I get it. We're halfway through. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. And even with the looming problems that I've seen where they don't show up, I know that it can change any moment. I get that. We went on a two-game – the little two games that we won back-to-back was Washington, who beat us the day before. That's the most important win to me, a rally back. You don't get a, a back-to-back against the same team very often. So to come back and win, that's amazing. And then to beat Seattle, which is a competitive team – I think is amazing but to do this all in january to go on your first four game losing streak then get blanked out by vegas who has a has a core of six people missing like all it does is put thoughts in in gm's head saying you know what we got to make a change we got to do something different right and that breaks up what we could do this year that breaks up the lines that we could have this year and I, I just know they're going to do something fucking stupid at the trade deadline. And the Rangers are about like $100,000 in cap space. That's about it. So what does that mean? We got to let people go. And I don't want to lose anyone on this team because I think I believe that this is the team that can go the distance, actually. And we're getting to a point now where some people are going to have to get let go. Some people are going to have to get moved around. And it's all going to be based off the fact of having one shitty month, which I don't think is fair to the guys. So I'm being extra hard on them. But I know it's going to lead to something really not good for the organization. And yeah, maybe you get a couple good guys and maybe you do whatever you're going to do. But I know that the team we have right now is enough to make that. I know the team we have right now is enough to have a competitive playoff run. But again, in this league, being the best team doesn't even mean you'll make the playoffs. It really doesn't. It's Again, the Rangers are second in the league on power play right now. Okay, And they fucking suck on the power play because hockey's progressed. It has moved far past whatever it used to be. It used to be, okay, draw a penalty, number whoever the fuck, New York, two minutes, high sticking. And you'd go, oh my God, fuck me. That's a guaranteed goal. Or the Rangers would be down three, and it's like, okay, two minutes, you know, tripping. Oh shit, Rangers are on a power play. Yes, we're going to score for sure, because that's what power plays used to be. You used to score them. Now, penalty killing is better than it's ever been. Right. Oh, fuck, so you're so right about that. Yeah, penalty killing is is better than it's ever been. The Rangers are insane at it. Every team in the league is insane at fucking penalty killing now. If you get a power play goal, it's it's because either your team is at the literal top of the league or you're just that good at it. Because even how many times do you watch a fucking hockey game now where nine penalties get called and maybe one team scores? No, a power dude, play goal? dude, I. I you're so fucking right about that cuz like, when i was watching the buffalo game like uh the hawks went on the penalty kill and i i was just listening to the commentators and they were talking about like you know like the rankings like the buffalo's 
percentage of the power play was like ranked number this. You know what I'm talking about? And like the yeah, okay. So Buffalo was is I mean at the time this was like two days ago was ranked number two at twenty six percent, twenty six percent conversion yeah. rate was ranked number two in the league. Like that's absolutely fucking unreal. Like, and at the time that um the Rangers were number two on power play, we were actually number one in the league. We were number one in the league wow. with like thirty point two percent power play. Right. Right. So one in every three power plays was at that time was a score. So if we had nine, we would get three of them, which is a tremendous amount, right? That's a lot still, even thinking about it now. But it used to be back in the day when a team had a penalty drawn, you're like, fuck me, that's a guaranteed goal. That is a guaranteed goal. Yeah, I didn't watch for those two minutes. Like, <laughs> like Yeah. Like I'm not gonna watch because I know the Hawks are either just gonna give up the lead, tie it, or let him back in the game. And then you'll see like penalty kill statistics. It's like this team is sixth in the league with an 89.7 right. penalty kill percentage. You know what I'm saying? You're like, Dude, what right. The like fuck? penalty killing, like penalty killing this year. Like it what, hasn't been like this. It, I don't think it was like this last year. It was but starting like, to move towards it. Uh, I definitely, but it was never been how it is right now where power no, plays dude. basically don't mean anything. It's just a free two minutes for your, yeah, for your right. guys to fucking move around and do whatever they want. It's a free two minutes to work on your stick handling is basically all I've seen. Fucking <laughs> And sidebar to finish that, that thought off, to be honest with you, if you notice now, like 80% of the time on power plays, most teams can't even get set up in the zone. Most teams can't even enter the zone oh, and get yeah, a good setup 100%. because, because PK is just so good now. It's just expected to be good. And every team does a pretty damn good job at pe- killing penalties. Yeah. But uh, I digress. No, I mean, I'm, look, I'm, I'm just going to say this. Like, you, you, you and the entire Rangers fandom need to just breathe and, and understand that, like, you have a very dominant team with a lot of players that have been there and know what it takes. It's January. Fucking relax. As a Chicago Blackhawks fan, I, I never had to worry about this before. So I this season, and I don't want to be mean, but oh, what I'm God. what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is right. Your perception on coming into this game is you're saying, like you've been saying, I just want to see competitiveness. I just want to see a chance to win. I just want to see. You know, Connor Bedard do well. I want to see him excel. That's what that's what your mindset has been this season, right? For a lot of Rangers fans, it's not undeservingly, right? They're thinking that this could be the year that something really great happens. And I'm not going to say it because I don't want to shore me curse myself. But they're thinking this is the year that something great can really happen, okay? A team that's as high caliber as it is can't be losing the way that they have been this month, right? And okay, I get it. It's just a month, right? But a month bleeds over. And unfortunately, when you're this close to the trade deadline, you can't be doing shit like this because then it gives, like I said, it gives people at the top funky ass fucking ideas. And yeah, we're going to start moving really people think, like, around. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Well, no, because I was just going to say, like, what do you think is going to happen with the? So say you, you know, okay. You go on like another three game losing streak to finish out January, right? Not not saying that's what's going to happen, but just saying, like, what if? Like, do you really think that front office is going to go up, is going to sit there and be like, you know who we need to trade? Artemi Panarin. Like, eh, it's, it's not Stan Bowman running the fucking Rangers, dude. No, that's that's not at all what I'm trying to say. But what I'm going to say is like, okay, assess what you need to do and work your way down who needs to go, right? Okay, top six isn't going anywhere right now. It's right. just because they are who they are, right? Lafreniere probably needs to be moved off the second line, but it's not just his fault. I'm not going to say that it's just all his fault, Okay. You're going to lose pieces like Barclay Goudreau. You're going to lose pieces like those depth guys that are on your third and fourth line that really make a difference usually night in, night out, that work their ass off. Those are the kind of guys that you're going to lose. And those are the guys that you cannot afford to lose because those are the guys that show up when your top six aren't doing shit. And that's what I'm afraid of. Stuff like Barclay Goudreau and and line players like that. like Even even people like Jimmy Vesey who grind it out. You put... You put a target on those guys' back. Your top six put a target on those guys' back that say, all right, let's cut the fat. Let's get someone better in here. And to me, 
they're top six or top six for a reason, right? You have a moral obligation to your team to do the best that you can because it's just a trickle effect. Mika Zibanejad does not have to worry about where he's going. Mika Zibanejad doesn't have to worry about if he's getting cut, but a lot of his teammates will. And a lot of his guys will. And people like Will Cooley and Johnny Brodzinski might get sent back down to Hartford, which means they might get put on waivers, which means they might be lost in our organization. And this is <clears throat> like a grandiose, like universal hockey look at everything, right? Because it's not happening yet. But I see the writing on the walls. I've watched this team for the past ever in my life, right? I see how they do shit here. I know how the Rangers organization can be. They got no fucking loyalty. They got no they got no loyalty to the, to the guys that they have. They'll let you go in a fucking heartbeat. And I'm not going to let you forget that the fucking king of hockey, the king of New York, Henrik Lundqvist, got traded to Washington. They traded his ass to Washington, and his heart problems made him not play. He did That's not retire right. a fucking Ranger, bro. He didn't I fucking retire. Matt Zuccarello was a 10-year veteran for the Rangers that got fucking traded away, and it made and Henrik Lundqvist fucking Henrik cry. Cried. Yeah, so, that's, that's, you're not, that's right. You're not going to get this past me, motherfuckers. I know how this team is going to be, and I know what they do, and I'm trying to fucking wave the flag now and get New York's attention. Like, look, you got to pay attention because they're going to do some shit that you're not going to like, and I know how this team is. I know what they do, bro. You just gotta breathe. I don't know what else this this dog is like, huh? Look, I feel like we have some very engaging and some very honest, great hockey talks on this podcast. But every once in a while, we gotta reel this shit in and talk about why I'm here, bro. And it's to bitch about the New York Rangers. (laughs) It has to happen. It is. It is a fucked up day when a fucking Chicago Blackhawks fan and a New York fan get in their podcast, and the New York fan is saying, "This has got to change. It's all fucked up. Everything's gonna fucking go to shit. We're fucked right now, bro." <laughs> You're so fucking right. When the Blackhawks fan whose season ended in October is telling the playoff bound Ranger fan, "Like, hey, dude, it's not that bad." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe hockey is just the friends you made along the way, right? Maybe that's really just <laughs> yeah. what it is. Um, I, I, I'll end the bitch fest and talk about what's coming up for the Rangers this month. We have a game actually today against the Kings, which, mark my words, is going to be a competitive game for the Rangers. And when I text you later tonight and say, I can't fucking believe these guys, right? How are you going to play this hard against the Kings and not, again, I'm going to be happy that they're playing. I can almost guarantee you that they're going to have a different different mindset right now going into Los Angeles because this is how fucking stupid they are. And then we have a game against the Ducks on Sunday. Next week is hopefully a bye because we play the Sharks on Tuesday. And then we have our second and final game against Vegas in New York. So I know I did a lot of bitching. I know I'm still kind of bitching, but (laughs) you're not going to stop. I'm going to hear this shit again tomorrow. I think I think that again, it doesn't matter how you start, it matters how you finish. And I think that the reason why it's not a total loss this year against Vegas is that we get a chance to see them again. And I do believe that it's that second time that really matters the most, right? Yeah, early season is what it is, but when you get towards the, the second half and it's the last time you're going to see them, you want to leave an impression on them, you want to leave a bad taste in their mouth about, you know, winning. Well, that's when you start seeing like potential cup matchups, right? So it's like, well, you got the when do you when do you play the Knights again? On the twenty sixth of January. Okay, so like that's kind of well, I, maybe it's a little too early to tell, but usually, like from February on is like when you start seeing like potential cut matchups, right? Like if everything goes right and you know you're you're in the promised land, it's you know okay we could be playing the Knights. Okay, we could be playing the the Canucks or maybe Seattle or something like that. And you start that's when you start gauging like, okay, you know, like there's a hole in the defense coming off of the rush going into the neutral zone, right? There's, you know, Keandre Miller pinches too much and leads to an odd man rush or whatever the case may be. Right. But like you know as well as I do that Vegas will exploit those weaknesses and 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 run it up against you. And they did it they did it against uh Florida in the cup. That's true. And and well, they did but, it against every every team they played in the playoffs. <laughs> I mean to get smashed by the defending Stanley Cup champions, right? It's not so bad if you don't dig as deep as, as I do <laughs> with the line and the depth and stuff, right? On the outside it's not so bad. But here's my fundamental reason, and this is where we're getting back to what 
how our our podcast really is, right? This is when we get back to things that I think we talk about that really matter. The reason why this matters so much to me, and the reason why I'm sounding the the alarm right now, is because one, you got to get it early. I would hope that you get a handle on it early. It's halfway through the season. There's time to make a change. I get that, right? And two, the league is never going to be the same again. The ideas, the ideologies, the things that we believe are not what they used to be. This is moving towards a uh, the most competitive hockey league that we've ever seen. The most competitive hockey season that we've ever seen, where 30% is enough to be number one on the power play, right? And the guys who have the penalty kill that are the best are in the 90% percentile saving, right? There is a chance for every team to come through and just do something crazy. If next week San Jose went on a burner and won every game for the rest of the season, you couldn't look me in the face and say you're that surprised. You'd be like, yeah, that's crazy, right? Same thing for Chicago. Because the competitiveness is so high, the 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 no quit for every team. Fuck it. It's not no quit in New York. It's no quit in the National Hockey League because there are so many teams with so many lines of depth that you just you've never seen the speed this high you've never seen technicality and the way that they move the puck that like as good as they do right now you've never seen so many first liners like get outshined by a guy they brought up from fucking you know college or a prospect you've never had this much depth in the american hockey league able to be brought up to the nhl it is a different version of hockey and i know that we talk about this already and i know that we've said this a few times but it really is the golden age of hockey it has never been more technical than now. The greats of the time past like, are literally watching this game and saying, Wayne Gretzky's like, I can't believe this is happening, right? When, when Gretzky's like, this is crazy. Like, this is a crazy night. This is some crazy statistic. This is a crazy you know, win for this team. And Sidney Crosby, who's fucking getting to that geriatric point in hockey, is still out here performing the way that he does. And Connor McDavid is like, hey, guess what? Our team sucked, but we don't suck anymore. And you can just make those shifts. You can make those changes. It is hard to lose in this league and be okay with it. But at the same time, I understand it. It's just, you got to get a handle on it now. If the Rangers want to be competitive, if the Rangers want to beat whoever the fuck is in the Metro, because if you look at the Metro right now, literally any team can literally make the playoffs. It is it is a league where everything is changing. And it, it it's hard to hard to accept that but at the same time it's hard to see like projection of the rest of the season like i would for literally every other season i've ever watched like i know when the rangers aren't making the playoffs i know when they're not going very far the last two seasons i pretty much had a a good understanding of where the rangers were until we lost in the first round last year that was the first time i was like i don't know what's going on but now it's like who's the best team in the hockey league i i couldn't say it, who who who's going to make the playoffs for sure? I could not say. I can't tell you. I, well, I, I'm if just if if there's one thing that I'm for absolute certain of, and uh, you know, I just want you to correct me if I'm wrong, but it's clear as day that the Blackhawks are a way better franchise than the Rangers for this sheer fact of we can actually go into Vegas and come out with a win. No, we we did it last year. We did it this year. There you go, right? The Chicago Blackhawks, who we beat this month, came in and beat the defending Stanley Cup champions in a... It was a great game. Don't get me wrong. It was a fucking great game. I'm going to be honest with you. I was like... I was expecting a bigger reaction, so I was like... No, but it kind of goes to my point, though. (laughs) That kind of goes to my fucking point, right? There's no matchup that's a guaranteed win. There's no matchup that means that this team is going to beat this team. That's half of the fun of the Hockey League. But the problem I have with the Rangers is is when we lose, 90% of the time, it's because we show that non-competitive, we don't care attitude. It's not because we tried. If my team tried, Chicago, 85% of the games that they lose, they are doing their absolute best. They get edged out. A lucky goal goes in, whatever the fuck it may be, right? But yeah. you see the competitiveness in Chicago. That's the type of drive and the type of fight that I love to see. Those are the hockey games I love to watch. And it sucks when they lose, right? But you understand where your team is at, okay? Now flip that on the Rangers. When you see them lose, most of the time it's because they don't even show up. They don't show up at all. And that's what I can't wrap my head around is that's not something that I'm going to be okay with. As a Rangers fan, I can't, I can't be okay with that. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah, I, I, uh, 
I 100% get that. Now, here's the thing, though, is like, you know, for instance, like, well, just because I brought it up as a joke, but um, when the Knights, when the Knights and Hawks played and the Hawks walked away with a win, that was with our entire roster healthy, right? Because it was in the beginning of the year. So that was our entire roster was was fucking healthy. And we held our own against the defending Stanley Cup champs and walked out with a win and walked out with two points, albeit it was an overtime. So it wasn't the full two points for really standings matters or anything like that. But I mean, that just shows that like, you know, if you want to be a good team, you have to be you have to win against good teams. Right. And that's what the Rangers have showed throughout basically the entire year is that they've won those games against good teams. And and with it being a long long season you know you're gonna lose games against good teams you're gonna lose games against bad teams but you're also gonna win games against good teams and win game and blow out bad teams so it's like i understand the frustration behind kind of the rough january that the rangers had and i 100 understand kind of like the uncertainty feel going into the rest of the season now that we're at the halfway point you know the best thing that i can say is that i hope that that the Rangers for the Rangers sake that they take this break coming up in February and retool get your fucking mind right get your fucking body right and and just come in in February ready to kind of become world beaters and and because it's 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 at least conference final or best or bust yeah um this year is in my personal opinion um is a is a closing window for the New York Rangers and people are going to be like, what are you talking about? Well, the window's closing for this core and everything that we're doing to do to continue on the way that we have been. And we're about to get to a point where we're going to have to let people go because we can't afford them. And then we're going to have to bring up the guys from Hartford and develop them into the players that they need to be. Cause the out to all this is to pull some of those guys up that are waiting Othman and Trevino and Sakura. Those guys are going to be brought up and they're going to be developed and that might take a season or two. So this might be the last season that we have all these players together. And this might be the last time we have a chance to make a very serious competitive run without having to absolutely, I wouldn't say rebuild, but retool the entire team. And I think that it really comes down to what everyone's mindset, not just the Rangers, but what everyone's mindset is going to be after this, all-star break. 